When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to New York. Attention fans, this is the Devil's State of Mind Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now here's your host, Neil Villapiano! What is going on, Devils fans? It is once again... Your boy, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. I hope you guys, as always, are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys, as always, for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. I really, really do appreciate it. Always. You guys are the best. This episode and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored by the awesome people over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Guys, as I've mentioned before, the NBA playoffs is fully underway. We're getting close to the end of the first round. And then, you know, this week is the final week of the NHL regular season. And then right after that, we'll get right into the Stanley Cup playoffs. So DraftKings is going to have a lot of great opportunities for you guys to go out there and get huge, huge cash prizes. So here's what you do. Go to DraftKings, sign up, use our promo code THPN, and tell them Neil Villapiano sent you. Um, when we last left our heroes, <laughs> um, in the last episode, the Devils were coming off going 3-1-1 one, and one on their road trip, which was one of the more impressive road trips the Devils have had all season long. So going into this three-game homestand, you felt pretty good. You felt like the team was uh, playing pretty decent hockey and, you know, looking to try to finish the season on a high note. And then they go into this three-game homestand, and uh, I was fortunate or unfortunate to go to uh, both the game on Thursday against Buffalo and then Saturday against the Hurricanes. And to be quite honest with you, the team just found new new ways to embarrass themselves. I think these three games themselves were all embarrassing in their own um, in their own ways. And uh, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and do another rant and rave like I've done before, guys. Because look, we all know what the reality is. We are we have exactly three games to go in the season. We've played 79 out of 82, and it is pretty remarkable to see how far this team dropped from where we were even in just November. Um, even a month ago, when you think about it, like, yeah, we were out of the playoffs and still at the towards the bottom of the NHL, but we had 
individual players that were doing really good things and, um, you know, really making it kind of exciting to watch games and kind of interesting. And now I feel like this team is really, really completely, it's just wanting to the season to end. It's just really limping to the finish line, so to speak. And um, I think that's the hardest thing that uh, the team really at times looks like a team that has completely, completely given up and just wants the season to come to an end. And that's really hard for us as fans because at the end of the day, all we want to do is just see this team win. We don't want to, we don't want to constantly, you know, expect and accept losing. And unfortunately over the last decade, that is, uh, that has pretty much been the norm. Um, and that's kind of one of the, the hardest things. I did see one tweet after uh, Sunday's game against, um, against the Red Wings that I thought was kind of a, uh, was kind of perfect for how things have gone. Um, the first thing, by the way, is that with the loss to Detroit on Sunday, it was only the second time this entire season the Devils have been shut out this year. The last time they got shut out was when they went on that West Coast road trip back in early November and got shut out 4 nothing against the Anaheim Ducks. So I guess in a way that's pretty good that they've only been shut out twice. Um, there's only two teams left at the moment, um, St. Louis and Florida that have yet to be shut out this year. Um, and the Devils, for the longest time, were one of the teams that had not been shut out. So, I mean, that's that's pretty good, but it's still not saying a whole lot. But going back to the tweet that I wanted to mention, and I want to shout out this person, Ian Miller on Twitter, at MovieFan222. He tweeted this out. Probably, I, I, it looks like it was, I because I don't remember exactly what time the game ended. I think it was like a half hour after the game ended. He tweeted this out. He goes, every April since 2012, and in parentheses, he says, yes, even 2018, the year we made the playoffs. Always next season. Who are we going to draft? If we get everyone healthy next season, dot, dot, dot. I hope the coaching staff gets fired. That was such a boring game. This routine is getting tiring. I just want to watch a good team for once. And um, that's a really, really good tweet. That is a really, really good tweet to, to really help people understand just what it's been like the last decade being a fan of this team. And, and again, I've mentioned it before, if you had told me a decade ago when I was getting ready to graduate middle school <laughs> that the next 10 years, the team would make the playoffs once and on average finish towards the bottom of the NHL, I honestly would not believe you. Um, and there was the, the thing was, is that there were no signs after 2012, like right after the cup final, there were no signs that this team was going to, you know, fall off. Um, but I guess the first, you know, sign, the first domino to fall was when Zach Parise decided to leave the devils to go back to his home state of Minnesota and go play for the wild. Um, and then you had obviously the Kovalchuk situation, eventually Marty retiring and, uh, the team being old, but not even really rebuilding. And then eventually Lula Morello going away. We got the Ray Shiro um, era. And now we're, and now we're at this point. Um, and what's really hard um, to constantly be reminded of and talk about is a lot of people saying this team is very young. Um, they're up and coming this, that, and the other thing. We've now said that for two years, um, last season and this season, and the team has shown very, very little um, progression as a team. 
Uh, there are individuals that have certainly shown progression, especially this year. You know, Jack Hughes for one, Nico Keisher, Jesper Bratt, Jesper Boquist, um, even a guy like Nico Dawes showing uh, promise for the future. There are different guys that have had career years, years that they haven't had in a while, and showing promise that they're getting better as individuals. But as far as the overall team is concerned, it's still the same thing. It's still the same results, the same type of thing. The only thing that is different is that over the last couple of years, the team just embarrasses themselves. They don't just lose. They don't lose, you know, a lot of close games and, you know, are consistently competitive from game 81 to game 82. It's by the time we hit January or even December, we're losing games and getting embarrassed and finding new ways to embarrass ourselves. And I think that's kind of the thing that is the most aggravating to watch about this team. And that also that they're so predictable, that we, that they're so scripted in how they lose games that you just end up with the same results to the point where you're numb. Um, And it's really hard. It's very hard. excuse me, very hard to, um, to deal with. Um, so when I look at the game against Buffalo, I definitely felt like the Devils had a decent shot to win the game, just primarily because the team's coming off a pretty big high. And yes, Buffalo has been playing very well of late. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're now officially past the Jack Eichel trade and playing better. And I mentioned this in the last episode. Um, but I still felt like the Devils were going to give themselves a fair chance to win. And uh, they didn't do that. Um, they gave up not one, but two shorthanded goals on the same power play in the second period. Uh, Andrew Hammond was awful, to say the least, um, really was. And although a guy like Nikita Ahoytuk got his first NHL goal, and congratulations to, uh, to him, we gave it literally right back. And it was Owen Power who got his first NHL goal. And it was a a very soft goal. I'm not going to try to discredit Owen Power's first NHL goal, but it was a soft goal that Andrew Hammond gave up. And we lost five to two without an empty net goal. If you could believe that. Um, We ended up, we ended up losing by three goals. We ended up getting blown out despite the fact that the devils were down three, nothing. They got the next two goals. You once again, think that they're in a prime position to go out there and you know, come back and win and they just kick it away again. And they've done that <coughs> several times this season where they quote unquote tease you. They, they, they make, you know, it's like I said, it's the Godfather. They keep pulling you back in just when you're officially ready to stop completely and to not even watch at all. They pull you back in to the point where you watch again and then they break your heart. And that's kind of what happened on Thursday with that with that loss to Buffalo and that was um that was tough the toughest part was the fact that the first two goals were shorthanded goals on the same power play and Jeff Skinner I think it was Jeff Skinner he kind of just threw the puck on net from the blue line not expecting anything and Hammond let it go in um and that's kind of the hard thing uh the Devils also have given up the first NHL goals to the top two picks in last year's draft, Owen Power and Matty Beneers. Um, I don't know if Mason McTavish 
has gotten his first NHL goal or has played off the top of my head. But if he hasn't yet, don't be surprised if his first NHL goal comes against us. Um, the Devils have a have a knack for doing that. Um, but yeah, they, they lost that game. And, uh, it's, you know, I got mad a little bit. But after that, I just kind of went numb. I really did. And that's kind of how I've been of late. I've just kind of gotten numb. And I just don't really get worked up um, like I've done in the past this season. Because the team, it's not worth it to me. It's not worth it to anybody for me to get worked up. It's not worth it to you guys who spend your time listening to me every week talking about this team. And there are many times this season where I feel really bad coming on here and being negative. Um, but as I told you guys in the past, and I'll, and I'll continue to say it, that this podcast is for the fans by a fan. So what you get is you get the heart, is you get, you get this from the heart. You, you don't get the me trying to be Mr. Optimistic and, uh, you know, what you normally hear through like team channels and stuff like that. You get a fan who cares very much about the team, who covers the team, um, and giving you my opinion and feeling pretty good about the fact that I can speak for a lot of Devils fans and how we all feel about this team. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that that loss was not that that loss sucked. Quite frankly, for me, that was the just the fifth game I've been to this season. I had to double because I thought I was like zero and eight this season in games. I thought I'd, but I've actually that was only the fifth game I've been to in person this year. So at that point, I'm zero and five on the season, and every game that I'd gone to up until that point, um, up, up until after that game had been a blowout, had been just like that, had lost by three, four, five goals. Um, so that was that's probably the hardest thing for me. So every game I've gone to in person, not only do they lose, they get killed. They don't even show up. It's really kind of the, just really, really kind of the hard thing. And, uh, you know, again, you outshoot the, the Sabres by three shots, although, as I mentioned before, outshooting somebody doesn't really matter. Um, by the way, to correct myself, it wasn't Jeff Skinner that scored that stupid goal that from the blue line um, that Hammond let in. That was Kyle Oposo, so I apologize for that. Um, yeah, it just, it just wasn't good. It just wasn't good. Also, Jesper Bratt wasn't playing in that game due to a sickness, but it is well, – no, he was playing in that game. Um, I'm thinking Saturday. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you lose that game, and, you know – you know that a team like Buffalo, who was projected to finish towards the bottom of the NHL, is going to finish above you by a decent amount of points. And that's kind of hard to accept as well. It really is kind of hard. But you go over to the game on Saturday against Carolina. Again, I went to the game. Um, shout out to my friend Andrew, who um, he's a Canucks fan. And he's not the biggest hockey fan, but he's starting to get into it more. And um, we, he and I definitely plan on going to a bunch of games next season. So that's awesome. And also shout out to uh, Scott Kinville, uh, one of the main hosts of Marty's Illegal, uh, Illegal Stick podcast, which I've been on, which covers uh, the Utica Comets and Utica Hockey in general up there. I've been on there a couple of times. Uh, he and his lovely family actually came down for the game because they wanted to see Fabian Zetterlin because Scott's uh, youngest daughter is a massive fan of Fabian Zetterlin. Um, so he actually was able to get us 
two extra tickets uh, in section three, ice level, to watch that game. So we were sitting behind um, where the Devils shot twice in that game. So shout out to Scott. Great to finally meet him in person. Um, and I look forward to seeing him again very soon because I do make, I do plan on going up to Utica once the playoffs start and getting an experience up there. So shout out to that. Um, it was, uh, it was good. It, it was really great to finally meet him in person. Um, but you go into the game on Saturday, no Jesper Bratt because he's been dealing with a non COVID illness. Um, devil's a little bit depleted. Um, and you're taking on a Hurricanes team that the only thing at this point they have to fight for is the top of the division. Um, the chances of them getting the President's Trophy and number one seed is very slim, but they're still looking to try to get as high up in the standings to get as high of a seed as possible to give themselves the, the home ice advantage uh, throughout the majority of the playoffs. Um, so they're kind of doing that. Uh the Hurricanes decided to go with, they went with another rookie goaltender. Um, if I can, if I can actually find it, because that would be great. Um, let's see here. Yeah, it was uh, Pitor, Pitor Kochetkov. Um, I apologize if I said it incorrectly. He apparently had been playing really well in the KHL. He was like 13-1-1 in the AHL. So this is a, a very young goaltender that shows a lot of promise for the Hurricanes. Um, the Hurricanes actually played Jack LaFontaine in one of the games earlier this year, another rookie goaltender, and we um, we blew him out. Um, but still, because of the Devils' luck this season, I definitely felt like the Devils were going to get Peter his first NHL uh, win. <laughs> and the Devils decided to go with John Gillies, um, which, you know, again, whether it's Hammond or Gillies at this point, you're not, you're not feeling very good. You're not feeling very good. And also the fact that, uh, you know, Nico Dawes finally was able to get sent back up to Utica. And ironically he gets, well, not ironically, it's just funny that the, the second he gets back, he gets himself a win in his first game back. So he just picked up right where he left off when he was there several months ago. Um, but as a, just as a fan of the entire organization, I'm glad that he gets the chance to go back to Utica, finish off the rest of the season, um, and try to go win a, win a win a championship, which would be which would really really kind of make the whole season a little bit better if we were able to do so. But you go into this game, and I'll be honest with you, it really was kind of a snooze fest throughout the majority of the first two periods. It didn't seem like either team was really doing a whole lot. It kind of felt like that. It felt like what I would say to be somewhat of a typical day game. The game started at 1230, where I think both teams, it's just kind of harder because hockey players are creatures of habit. And you kind of, it's a little bit more difficult when you're playing a day, when you're playing a day game and you're not, you don't get as much time to warm up and get ready. You don't have morning skate or anything like that. You just go right into the game. Um, but the one thing that stood out to me was the fact that John Gillies was really strong in net through 40 minutes. Actually, excuse me, through about 55 minutes of this game. He was really good. He was really, really good. He made several big-time saves where you think, oh, it's definitely going to the back of the net, but he would make a glove save. And this whole group of fans that I was sitting with, <laughs> we were all saying, this is not John Gillies. This is like Marty Brodeur wearing John Gillies' number because we had never seen him play this well, be that strong in net the devils also finally after not scoring on each of their last 30 attempts 
finally got a power play goal. Um, Sharon Govich got a very small tip, but it was a tip nonetheless. And he scored to get his 23rd of the year. So he, you know, and granted, there's only three games left, but if he could go on somewhat of a tear at the end of the season, he might get the 30 goals. But if he could get to at least 25, I think that would be great. He certainly, you know, he didn't start off the year well, but it, overall, when you look at what he did last year and then what he's doing this year, he's improving, getting better and better and better, which is, which is great. But uh, we got a power play goal, and it was one nothing after two periods. So you go into the third with it being a tight game. You know that John Gillies is probably not going to continue to play this strong, although through 15 minutes of the third, he continued to do so. But you did feel like you, you knew you knew that the Devils were going to have to get, a, get two or three more goals. Because as we know, the Devils just don't hold on to leads. You had to get it to a point where even the Hurricanes sat there and said, all right, this is just, this game's just not ours. This is not our day. You know, you know, we're, we're packing it in, so to speak. And you felt good eight and a half minutes in. Nico Keisher scored to make it. Um, he's got a nice shot. It was right in front of us. So it, it was good on the left side. He scored to make it two to nothing. Um, Nikita Ahoytuk actually got an assist. On that goal, so he has points in two of his first three games in the National Hockey League, goal and assist. So Nikita Ahoytuk is doing pretty well in his first uh, his first stint in the, in the NHL. I expect him to probably play these last three games and then go back down to Utica. Um, same thing with Nolan Foot. Same thing with Fabian Zetterlin. Um, all these guys are probably going to stay here with us until the season comes to an end. Um, but yeah, eight and a half minutes. To um, into the third period, it's two nothing, and then you get to the point where it's about with about five minutes to go in the game, and I'm sitting there saying, "This is the closest I've ever been in the last three years of seeing this team win in person." And I really started to think, like, "Is this really going to happen? Am I really going to see them win this game in person?" Um, well, things got very interesting because. With uh, about four and a half minutes to go in the game, Brady Shea off a really bad clear out by Dougie Hamilton. Granted, he was hounded by a Carolina player, but still, he tried to fire it off the high boards and out. He didn't really do a good job. It was intercepted by Brady Shea. Shea just kind of threw it on net. It hit the back left leg of Kevin Ball and into the back of the net. And that was not a great goal to give up. And it was two to one. And you knew at that point that this is going to go one of two ways. Either the Devils are going to completely collapse and allow the Hurricanes to either tie it or even take the lead before this period ends, or the Devils were going to find some really stressful way to hold on to a two-to-one win. Unfortunately, the latter did not happen. As Nino Niederreiter on a rebound uh, was able to tap it in with 156 to go in the game to tie it up at two. And for the for another one of the many times that it happened this season, the Devils blew a multiple goal lead in the third period to allow the other team to tie the game and force overtime. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I knew the game was over right then and there. And then you saw the Devils put out Nico, Pavel Zaka, and Dougie Hamilton to start overtime. To me, that just did not feel like that, that they were intent on winning this game. And, uh, Sure enough, the Hurricanes had the majority of the possession 
Um, Severson tried to get the puck out of his own, made another one of the many dumb passes I've seen him make this year. It was easily taken away by Tony D'Angelo. D'Angelo found uh, Seth Jarvis all alone on the right side, and Seth Jarvis was able to get it top shelf over the glove of John Gillies and in. And the Hurricanes come all the way back from down 2 nothing late in the third to win the game in overtime 3-2. to two. Um, And the Devils once again lose. And for me, I go to, I mean, if you want, I, I, I go to 0-6 on the season. You could say 0-5-1. No, I'm 0-6. I have, I, I just, I go two games in a row and they don't win either one of them. Um, and I remember my <laughs> my dad texting me say to me that I had to go to the game on Sunday because we had talked about before the weekend that Devils have three games left to go in the season. And knowing my luck, the Devils were going to lose the one game that I don't go to. Um, and so I had to go to all of them to give myself the best chance possible to see a win. Um, but I made it very clear on my way home from Saturday's game that I was not going to go on Sunday. I had no intentions of going and I didn't really care if the, if they won the game because so what, you know, they had already screwed them. They had already embarrassed themselves to the point where even winning a game wouldn't make everybody feel that much better. You know, just kind of, that was the way that I looked at it. Um, what really bugged me about the Saturday game was just the fact that John Gillies for 55 minutes was tremendous. And then he went back to being John Gillies of old and, was really not good at all. And I know he's supposed to not say things negatively because he could get in trouble. But when Ken Danico during the game on Sunday was saying how tremendous John Gillies was and everything, I said, yeah, he was tremendous for about 55 minutes and then completely collapsed like the rest of the team did. Um, And I remember Nico Heischer saying after the game that, it's just the norm now, unfortunately. He basically said it's the norm now, that we're just used to the fact that we are not going to win those type of games, that we have to, that, you know, we've just gotten used to the fact that we lose games like that. It's really, um, that's really, that's, that's really bad. It's really bad. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, don't worry. You can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And then when you look at the game on Sunday, um, be very honest with you. I, I knew the Devils weren't going to win this game. I woke up on Sunday and it was a, it was a really lazy Sunday for me. I'll tell you that. Um, and I had no emotion going into it. Um, I haven't really been 
on social media the last couple of games. Quite frankly, on Thursday and Saturday, I just wanted to be there as a fan and just watch the game and not feel like I had to be on my phone doing social media stuff. But for Sunday, I decided to, although I didn't really feel fully into it. Um, But, you know, because of the lack of consistency on social, I felt like it was necessary for me to be there. Although I know all of you guys are very understandable and completely get why my motivation is um, is pretty low, but you're going up against the Red Wings team that uh, you lost the only time you faced them this year. Um, I think they got blown out, if I remember correctly. I know they had the that was the only game where they wore the the black jerseys on the road. I remember that pretty well, actually. Um, but you're you're taking the Red Wings team. Dylan Larkin's out for the year. They still have Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider and some other young pieces, but. You know, look, the Red Wings, just like the Devils, not making the playoffs. You're just playing these games to try to finish your seasons on a high note. Um, and I will just say this right away. Despite the fact that um, Oscar Sundquist scored a goal off of a really bad turnover in which Andreas Janssen just completely whiffed at the pass for whatever reason. And then Sundquist, as he was kind of like off balance, just kind of flicked the puck uh, past him and an in. Other than that, this was one of the most boring games I have seen this team play this season. There was no fight. There was very little to no fight from this from the Devils team. It really did look like they were so demoralized from the last two games that this game meant nothing to them, <clears throat> and they didn't play all that well. And yeah, the Devils had scored a goal with Sharon Govich, but they waved it off for offsides. And uh, and hilariously enough, Severson took himself offsides, which was just hilarious in its own right. Um, they just didn't have any energy. Um, through two periods, they had eight shots on goal. Eight shots on goal. The Red Wings didn't really have to try very hard to win this game, and that ended up being the case. And the only other two goals in this game were both empty netters by Bortuzzi and Rasmussen. And it ended up being a 3 nothing loss to us. And again, it's only the second time this season we got shut out. First time at home. And uh, that was the loudest I had ever heard a Devil's Crowd boo a team um, this season. And we've heard them boo quite often. But that was the loudest. Because think about this. Let's look at it from a simplistic standpoint, shall we? You pay money to go see your team play, and you know that you're not always going to win. But you at least expect your team to score a goal or at least show that you're trying. Because sometimes if you get shut out, it could be because the goaltender just had such an unbelievable game like John Gillies was having through 55 minutes on Saturday. You know, you go, okay, the Devils put up, you know, 45 shots and the goaltender was just on his game. You can look at that. That was not the case in this game. Not even close. Not even close. They had 17 shots all game. Alex Nedeljkovic had probably one of his easiest games of the entire season. The Devils put up very little to no fight. Nico Heischer was out of the lineup. The Devils had several guys out of the lineup due to sickness. And it just, it's its crazy because it's like, what else could go wrong? I don't see any other team dealing with several players being dealing with sickness, even non-COVID illnesses or major injuries. And this is a team that 
has been out of the playoff picture since January. I mean, that's kind of the hard part about the whole thing. Um, but, you, you know, you lose the game, you show no fight, and that was just kind of the end of it. And um, I said to myself, I'm just really glad the season is going to be over this week at some point. I mean, you have Tuesday in Ottawa. You have Thursday in Carolina and then Friday in, uh, at home against Detroit again. I'm glad that there will be no games on the weekend. I'm glad that once the weekend comes, the season will have been over. And that's just hard. That, that's hard for me as a fan because I'm tired of getting ready for the Stanley Cup playoffs and not caring about who wins. I really don't care. Even if the Rangers win, guys, I, I don't care. Because as I've gotten older, I care less about other teams and care primarily about the team that I'm a fan of. And that's my job here at the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm a fan of New Jersey Devils, and I care about them a lot. And it just sucks as a fan because you know that there's very little that you can do. Um, I do want to check out one thing. Uh, Tyler uh, Blasinski, um, who's a pretty big Devils fan, and he constantly um, – I think he's, he's, a, he's a verified person on Twitter. Um, so he's got, he's got some clout, which is good. But he tweets a lot about the Devils. And I've interacted with him a couple of times. He's a, he's a very passionate Devils fan. He, he tweeted this out, like, right after Lindy Ruff's press conference. He said, Ruff calling out Brett, Zaka, and Sharon Govich during the post-game presser for not getting to the net front is a choice, especially since Brett playing, played coming off a flu. Is he a fired man walking, question mark, hashtag NJ Devils. Um, it's a very good point. Very, very good point. Um, <laughs> it's it's definitely gotten to the point where um, I do believe that Lindy Ruff is a fired man walking. I really do. It's it's really kind of ridiculous that he would say something as asinine as that about guys doing it. I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. This team has quit on Lindy Ruff. Um, they're not listening to what he says anymore. Uh, I firmly believe that the reason the offense started to get going was more to do with the fact that the players decided that they were just going to go out there and play the way that they're capable of and not really listen to what the coaching staff is trying to do. Other than to save money, I don't know exactly how you can keep anybody on this coaching staff. I do understand that there are a lot of excuses and that is going to probably end up being the reason Lindy Ruff sticks around, but I, I just can't see it. I cannot see uh, Lindy Ruff sticking around after this year. Tom Fitzgerald, if he got fired after the season, I wouldn't even be that upset about it because I would look at it and say, he quite frankly, and granted it was only two years and one of them was a 50 game season due to COVID. How much better did the team get overall as a team? Because people are going to come at me and say, oh, look at Jack Hughes. No, I'm talking about as an overall team, how much better have we got? We are going to most likely finish with a top five pick again. And whoever we draft, are they going to come in and light the world on fire right away? Probably not. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you guys. I don't know what to tell you guys. Um, but... I just don't see 
how Lindy Ruff can keep his job after comment, these type of comments that he makes, the type of losses we've had. Because, yeah, we've had guys out for long periods of time this year. But we've also had plenty of games where we just flat out don't compete. Okay? We don't compete. And if you want to be a competitive team, that's not doing it. So that's, again, that's, that's really all I have to say in this episode, guys. I mean, it's just, it's tough. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have a new episode out for Thursday only because the season ends right after that. Um, I may just push it off to the weekend and then just do a whole like recap, so to speak of the entire year um, and go from there. Um, I also don't know if once the off season starts, if I'm going to stick the two episodes a week or one, I don't know. I'll, I'll certainly let you guys know when we get to that point, but we got three games to go in the season. Um, as just a fan who wants to see the team win, nothing would make me happier than to see the Devils win these last three games and just make you feel a little bit better about it. Um, the one thing we do know is that Mackenzie Blackwood is going to play in two of the final three games of the season is that he's finally going to get a chance to come back and play. So that's going to be good for the Devils to evaluate him and for everyone else to see where he's at going into next season. So we'll see how he performs um, going into it. And one last thing here, when you look at the overall standings, the Devils are currently 28 out of 32. They are a measly point ahead of the Philadelphia Flyers. So... There's that. There are four points behind uh, in front of Seattle. Um, as I've just checked here, just looking at with the amount of games remaining, the lowest the Devils can go at this point would be 30th. And that would have to require the Devils to lose all three games and Seattle and Philly to win at, at least two, two or three, depending on how many games they have left to go in the season, um, two or three of their final remaining games. The best the Devils could do is unfortunately go up only one, one uh, spot, and that's 27th. So the Devils are guaranteed top 10 pick, and they have a 75, in my opinion, a 75 to almost 85% chance to getting a top five pick, or at least a top five spot in the draft lottery. Um, so, you know, it's tough. And it's tough when you look at teams that we've played, played Buffalo, we played Detroit, who are both, 10 plus points ahead of us in the standings. And at least from Buffalo's perspective, they were expected to finish below us. I mean, we're going to get 62, we're at 62 points right now. We're at 62 points. And, <clears throat> you know, if we hadn't won the game against Vegas or even gotten a point against, uh, against Carolina, we would actually only be, we would be in 29th and one point ahead of Seattle. Um, so, it's not looking good um, at all, but all we can do is just try to get through these final three games and uh, get ready for the offseason like we've done the last uh, 10 years. <laughs>